You're listening to the ministry of Potter's House Church Wandsworth, a Christian Pentecostal church based in South London, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our call is to reach the lost, make disciples and plant churches. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit us at phcwandsworth.co.uk. series called Together. And so most people in church, uh, they understand uh, pastoral relationship, meaning the relationship between the people and the pastor. Most of you have a pastoral expectation. Most of you grew up around church or you've been to church, or maybe even you have the perception of pastor, priest, vicar. I'm not a vicar. I'm not a priest. I'm a pastor. But you have an expectation what, what a pastor should be, things a pastor should do and shouldn't do. You have that within you. Some of it may be right, some of it may be wrong, but most people when they come into church, they have this expectation. They have a pastoral understanding. They have an understanding of what they want pastoral relationship to be. And when we say pastoral relationship, I just mean how do I relate to you and how do you relate to me? What many of us really don't spend much time thinking about is our reciprocal relationships. We understand the pastoral, but we do not really think about the reciprocal relationship. And if you know your Bible, most of the Bible, the New Testament that is, is more dealing with the reciprocal than the pastoral. Reciprocal relationship is simple. It just means one another. To reciprocate is that I say thank you and you reciprocate, you say thank you back. It's, it's reciprocal. And so Most of the New Testament has more references about how you deal with one another than how you deal with me or how I deal with you. Actually, the New Testament is saying that um, it's more imperative for the health of the church of how they interact with one another than just how they interact with the pastor or the pastor interacts with them. See, the reality is, is that there are so many scriptures that speak about one another. I went for a whole list last week of about seven or eight things where the Bible speaks about one another. And so, uh, uh, you know, so many times we want to act like we got it all together. But what we're saying is, no, together we have it all. As we come together as a church, as a body of believers, we have it all. And so I know some of you are trying to act like you got it all together. Look at someone say, you ain't got it all together. You ain't got it all together. But tell them this, together we have it all. Amen. Together we have it all. And so let's, let's look at this reciprocal thing and hopefully it helps you. Hebrews 3 verse 13, short passage of scripture says, But exhort one another, there we see it again, daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Let's pray. Father, we ask you right now for your grace, your mercy, your love and your kindness. Father, we can do nothing without your spirit. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move in this place. Energize me. Anoint me. Father, I pray that you electrify the atmosphere with spiritual truth. Father, I pray that this message would change our lives and how we operate as a church and how we deal with one another. Lord, we pray that most of all Jesus would be magnified and we would be on mission for him. And all God's people said, in Jesus' name, amen. Let me start with this text. It starts by saying, but exalt one another. 
exalt one another. Now, if you've been in Bible, if you've been in church for a while, you read your Bible, you're in your Bible, you know, that word exalt, you've heard it. It's quite a religious word. It's a biblical word. But in general, I mean, you know, most times we don't talk about those things like, yeah, uh, you know, you know, we exalt, yeah, I'm going to exalt that guy. I'm going to exalt this. We usually don't say that. You can use other words, you know, big up yourself or whatever. But usually we don't use the word exalt. And so when we come against a word that we usually don't use, we need to study it. We need to understand it because otherwise, if we live with our, uh, if we go through our Christianity without understanding things, the devil can rob things from us. And so we've got to understand it. And so the word exalt means to support by encouraging your faith. That I will go, I'm going to support you by encouraging your, your faith in, 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 in the things of God. Now, as soon as I say that, some of you feel that's your job, Pastor. That's your job. Your job is to encourage us in the faith. But when the Bible says one another, no, it's not my job. It's your job to encourage one another in the faith. That's your job. Look at someone say, it's your job. So what that means is, yeah, it's my, it was my job before I was a pastor, and it's still my job as a pastor. And if I stop being a pastor, it will still be my job because it's not a pastoral job. It's a Christian job. And so this is what we all have to do. Now, when we talk about encouragement, many times encouragement is underrated. It can be a bit underrated, the word encouragement. Okay, encouragement. What I mean by that, let me give you an illustration. You know, we have revivals where we have a visiting pastor come in and preach. And sometimes those pastors, they have a gift of word of knowledge or word of wisdom. And we get excited. How I many know we come down to the altar, we've prayed, and then, and then he looks all mysterious. You know, like Bill Neal. Bill Neal, I love Bill Neal. He's all mysterious. Like, you're like, what is the Spirit saying to him, man? Is he going to say something? And then he'll be like, yeah, you, you, yeah, you. And, you. and you're like me? No, no, not you. <laughs> Some of you, when he, when he starts to look mysterious, like you start to... <laughs> don't miss... And so, and it's you, and, it's, and, and some of us, we want it, some of us don't. And so, we, we want a word. If you would give me a word, just a word, then everything would change. Or we go conference, and we have power. I'm in a conference, powerful preaching. Powerful preaching at the conference, and we, we go through all of this. And then when we come to this word encouragement, we're like, ah, okay, encouragement, but I want a word from God. I want, a, I want the, the evangelist or the pastor to give me a word. I want to go conference and hear these deep sermons. And sometimes we can lose the importance of things because they're simple. Just because something is simple, it doesn't mean it's not important. There are things which are simple because in our text, please put that text back. Oh, it's there. See, look, you're ahead of the game. But exhort one another, encourage one another's faith daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened. Lest, what he's saying there is that if, unless you encourage one another, this is what can happen. Unless the church is encouraging one another. It means if there isn't an environment, if the church is not encouraging one another, people's hearts become hardened to God. That means I could be here sweating and preaching and spitting and, and just begging for God to move, but if the, if the environment of the church is not one where you are encouraging one another, because he said, 
encourage one another. Unless, if you don't encourage one another, people's hearts are going to grow hard. What he's saying is, is that without encouragement, people's spiritual progress is going to stop. If there's no encouragement in the body, in the congregation, sisters encouraging sisters, brothers encouraging brothers, if there isn't that, there's basically going to be a halt to progress. And he tells us why. And he says, through the deceitfulness of sin. And what he's saying is that when the, when the church, when brothers and sisters are not encouraging one another, sin will have a greater room to express itself. Is that not what it says there? Now, some of you think, no, let's bring in the pastor. Let's bring in the, when I go conference. No, no, no. Before you even go conference, before you even hear a, a, a sermon, the Bible is saying, if you encourage one another, you stop sin from having a greater expression in the church. The voice of sin starts to lessen and my heart starts to become more open to the things of God. He says here, the deceitfulness of sin. Sin from the very beginning, the Bible says that before, when Adam and Eve sinned and their, their children, Cain and Abel, and um, Cain is envious of his brother Abel. If you remember what God says, God says, sin crouches and it wants to get you. Sin has a will. It wants to destroy your life. It wants to pull you deeper and deeper and destroy your life. And so it will lie to us. It says the deceitfulness of sin. What it means is that when there is no encouragement, Christians, he's not talking about the world, he's not talking about sinners. When there is no, when there is no encouragement, Christians will start to be tricked and misled by sin. That sin will start to speak to you. It will start to say things like this, you're not going to make it. You can't make it as a Christian. What kind of Christian are you? You're a useless Christian. It will start to speak to you. It will start to deceive you, trick you, mislead you. The word is to embezzle, it's to, it's to, it's to get things out of you. That sin is speaking to you. Some of you in this congregation right now, sin is speaking to you. You can't make this. This is too hard for you. You might as well quit, give up. This Christian thing ain't for you. Look at you, what kind of Christian are you? You hypocrite, sitting up in the house of God. Get out of it. That's sin. That's not God. That's sin, deceiving us. Sin is telling some of you you should leave the church. No one don't love you up in here. Leave. No one don't love you. No one don't care for you here. Look at you. You ain't like them. You're different. That's sin lying. See, if there's no encouragement, that voice gets louder and louder and louder. He says, unless there's encouragement, sin is going to deceive people and make their heart harder. Sin is going to tell you it's okay to sin in secret because no one's going to ever know. Yeah, just go, go there. Look at that, bro. Just click on that website. Look at it. Just a quick look. Look at her profile. Look at her. Yeah, no one's going to know. Sis, just go there. Check that guy. Meet him. Okay, a lot of ladies went down. It went down there. It's like, <laughs> someone's been chatting the bar stuff. Listen, 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 listen. Sin, this is how sin speaks to you. Sin will always say, no, 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 no one's going to know. No one's going to know. Listen, sin is lying. 
Everybody's going to know. But if there's no encouragement, the Bible says, if you're not supporting one another's faith, pastor, you've got to do it. No, the Bible says you've got to do it. The congregation is the one that's going to set the atmosphere. And when they're encouraging one another and building up one another's faith, the Bible says sin is hindered. When sin lies, it's like, that's sin, you liar. Because how many know we've all heard all of those lies? How many know we've all heard you can't make it? I've heard it. Sometimes I hear it Sunday morning still. You should leave. No, one's, no one cares for you. How many of we've all heard that? I don't fit in here. No one's like, I'm not like anybody here. We've all heard it. We've all, and I know, listen, listen, don't put on your Sunday uh, uh, halo. We've all heard, come on, sin. No one's going to know. We've all heard that one. The Bible is saying that there needs to be an atmosphere of encouragement. That's why this thing is so deep. This thing is so deep that people are coming to churches all over the country, all over the world, and they think, oh, I'm just going to come in and sit, to, sit and hear a sermon and go. But he's saying, no, 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 I need you to encourage one another. I need you to encourage one another. How does this happen? Uh, Hebrews 10, verse 24. Can we put that up? Hebrews 10, 24. Look what it says. It says, let us consider one another, again, one another, in order to stir up love and good works. Let us consider one another that we may stir up love and good works. And what the, how many know we want more people to love God more? And we want more people to be in ministry, to love and do good works. The Bible is saying that, listen, if you want people to grow in love and people to be in ministry, it's when the congregation is stirring up one another. Remember, every place in the Bible where you see a one another scripture, that means it's your job. That's your job. It's like, Pastor, why is there not more people in ministry? Well, who are you stirring up? Just one amen, that's all I need. Thank you. In the text, look what he says. He says, let us consider. This is interesting, consider. In our church, I, I, there could be more, but I know at least two men, and there could be some women or whatever, but I at least know two people who have run the London Marathon. People that have run the London Marathon. And so I believe Robert's run the London Marathon, Robert, Robert and Carl's run the London Marathon. You know what it is, what I said. I don't know, I just thought, I just don't know what happened there. Spiritual. And so I was speaking to Carl about this London Marathon because he, he did it this year. And so he, he ran the, the, the marathon and I remember him telling me he was training for it. And he was telling me that um, halfway through the marathon, so you think about it, you begin the marathon, everybody's there, they're all hyped, you know, and he's young and he's healthy, he's a PG, and he's ready to go. And so you start running, yeah, yeah, posture, your trainers, yeah, you're limbering up, you're ready. Go, you start running, pace, yeah, I'm going, looking fresh. He told me halfway through, he says, the pain in my legs and everything, I don't know you, if you want to know the scientific thing of it, ask him, but I know he's just wanted, his legs wanted to give up. That's, that's the layman's term. And so here he is, his legs are just seizing up, and he said, what he wanted to do is he thought, let me just walk for a while. Let me just walk. I've gone halfway. I've run this thing halfway. He's halfway. I mean, no, that's good just to go halfway. Halfway, that's like 12 miles, 11 miles, I don't know what it is. But it's, hard. it's, it's a long way. I mean, no, that's, that is long. 
And so he's running. He wants to, he wants to, let me just walk now. And he said, what happened was someone called him. A friend called him and said, hey, you're slowing down. You're slowing down. He said, yeah, but my legs, I want to I wanna walk. He said, no, keep going. Don't, don't do that. And he said, it just, it just kind of put a pep in him. He said, all right, I bet not. Because he knew someone was watching. See, the Bible says that we should be considering. See, how did this guy know? It's because he had this tracker thing on him. I don't know how that worked. But they could look and they could see your pace. And as he's looking at his pace, he's like, this brother's slowing down. I better call him. What's wrong? Something's gone wrong. He's slowing down. He started fast. He started good. He started with energy. Remember, he might have called him. Hey, bro, you're about to start. Congratulations. Yeah, bro, I got this. And that's how we start. How many know we come to the altar? Oh, I love this church. Oh, I love the ushers. I love the children's church. Pastor, I love you. Your haircut, the way it switches like that. I love it. Your emoji looks just like you. I love it. I love the lighting. I love the sound. I love the songs. That's how we start, isn't it? We can't stop you. You're like, woo, yes. But halfway through, let me just walk for a while because this is long. He was, here is this guy. How did the guy know? Because he was considering him. Put it, put it back up, put it back up. You're ahead of the game. Look what it says. Let us consider one another. Let us observe one another. Let us care for one another. Let us think about one another. Let us look at one another. We shouldn't be looking at one another to judge one another. Hey, you see what someone's doing? Hey, you see, you see what someone's doing? What's that? What's this? We shouldn't be looking at one another to gossip about one another. Hey, I heard so-and-so's. Hey, they're not doing well, are they? Hey, they, they started, they were running, but now they're walking. See so-and-so? Not even walking, man. And we start to talk about, no, no, no. We should be watching one another so that we can stir up one another. Stirring them up. This is what it says. Stirring them up to love and good works. Let me just, let me just say this straight in this church. And we, we just got to get it straight. We've got to deal with business here. Because we're growing and people are coming in. But we don't want people coming in for the wrong reasons. If you want to come to a church and hide, come in and hide. Stay the same. This ain't the church for you. If you want a church, say, I don't know one up in my business. This ain't the church for you. This ain't the church for you. Find another church. I don't know what other churches out there, what they're doing. It's not my business to judge any other church on this planet. God will judge at the end. I'm not here to judge churches, to preach about churches, to judge pastors. Let God judge every man because only God knows every man's heart. But I'll tell you, in this church, we will look, consider you. We're going to be like, hey, what's going on here? We, you was going fast, you're slowing down. Hey, I don't know I'm watching my business. We are. Because the Bible told us to. The Bible told us to. We got to do what the Bible says. Now, I'll be honest with you. You know, I, sometimes I don't want to get in people's business. I'm just like that. I like people out of my business. And I don't, I don't want to get into no one's business. But God, God challenges me. 
I says, Courtney, you can't pastor like that. You've got to get in their business. Now, it's not what color underpants you wear, what kind of tights you wear, where did you get your hair done? You don't have to tell me about what car you drive, how much you earn, all of those things. No, no, that's not my business. That's none of my, how many churches, sometimes they overreach. It's none of your business. Who's going to marry who? Listen, it's not my business to pick who marries who and who can't date who. Listen, if they're saved and they come church and they try and live clean, then that's up to you and I'll give you wisdom. But I'm not the matchmaker. I'm not the matchmaker. You can ask my opinion, but that's all it is. It's an opinion. Unless God gave me a word, woke me up at night, Angel Gabriel came down and told me something. All I'm giving you is my opinion. And if it goes wrong... I gave you just my opinion. <laughs> and if it goes right, hook me up. <laughs> See, we've got to consider one another. What we're talking about here is being involved in people's lives. A friend of mine has been saved many years, not in this church. He's part of the Potter's House Fellowship, not in this church. He's been saved about 15 years. And he said to me, recently, an older Christian, they went out for a coffee, and the older Christian said to him, bro, how's your prayer life? And he said, you know what? No one's asked me that for about... Five years. No one's asked me that. How's your prayer life? Are you hearing from God? Are you meeting with God? See, that's what we've got to do, church. And if you're here and you're like, I don't want that, then this, listen, we love you, we kiss you. Because we've got, this, is, this, is, this is the only way it's going to work. We're not here to judge people. Listen, if you see someone slowing down, don't talk to other people about it. Either go to them, go to them. Actually, no, no, let me finish, let me finish, let me finish. First thing you do is pray to God. Pray to God about them and say, God, they're slowing down. I think there's something wrong there. God, can I speak to them? Do I have, give me wisdom. Do I have this relationship with them? Can I speak to them? If God's like, no, you don't know them like that. Okay, who knows them like that? Do they have someone who's older that I could maybe say, hey, how's someone doing? Are you able to? If not, then this is what you do. You reach out to them and say, hey, would you like to go out for coffee? Would you like to come around my house for a meal? Because what you're going to do is you've got to build a bit more of a relationship so that then they're open for you to bring some direction and correction. People that are not open... It's going to be very hard. But we need to be those that are considering one another. I was thinking about this. When this guy is looking at Carl's progress, he would have been looking on his phone. At that point, he couldn't be looking at his own Instagram. He had to put what he's doing on pause so he can, can look at someone else's progress. See, sometimes the reason why we can't consider others is we're too busy looking at our own lives. We're too busy looking at our own lives. How many know we're too busy with our own pain? <laughs> I've got, got a sack. Some people are going for more than the sack. And then maybe you missed the bus. Or some people got the sack. You're, you're, <laughs> there's always going to be someone who's got something worse than you. There's always someone who's going through something worse than you. And there's always someone who's going something through better than you. What we do is we always look at the people that are better than us and why are they not helping us? But God's like, hold up, you're better than her. Why are you not helping her? Why are you not helping them? 
See, the Bible says that we've got to stir up. The word stir up means to excite. That we've we, we got to get people excited about Jesus. Remember what he said is that in our text, he said that if we're not encouraging one another, the heart becomes hard. The heart becomes hard. That means people can be sitting in a church where there's preaching and the Holy Spirit is operating, but if they're not being encouraged, their heart becomes hard. Their heart can really get hard. And he says, listen, I want you to consider one another. Consider how to stir up one another into love and good works. In the book of Luke, there's a, one of my favorite stories where Jesus has died now and resurrected. But some of the disciples are walking and they're like a bit bummed out. They're like, oh, this, what's going on, man? And Jesus comes, but Jesus doesn't reveal himself to them. So they don't even know it's Jesus and he's just walking with them. And he's like, what's up? And they're like, what's up? Haven't you heard? Jesus died. And he's like, no, no, tell me. And they start saying, hey, these mad things have happened. Jesus died. Da, 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 da. And then Jesus starts to, this is Jesus, he starts to give them a Bible study from all the scripture, starting at Genesis and start to speak about, yeah, but don't forget, in Genesis when Adam and Eve fell and God promised Adam and Eve that through Eve's seed that a, a redeemer would come. And then remember, God said to Abraham that by your seed, all the world would rejoice. And Moses says, I'm going to raise up a prophet like you from your brother. And he gives him a Bible study about who the Messiah is and who Jesus is and all that Jesus has done. And that Jesus is not conquered by uh, death, but Jesus conquers death and everything that's going on. And he gives him this Bible study and then he reveals himself and then he disappears. And the Bible, I mean, it's, I mean the Bible is nuts. And the Bible says this. Let me, let me read the scripture. Luke 24, 32 says, And they said to one another, again, they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? How many know we all want that type of heartburn? When you come together as one another, do you talk about Jesus? I know you're sick, but Jesus is a healer. I know you're broke, but Jesus is a provider. I know you're struggling in sin, but Jesus can give you power and forgive you. I know you're struggling with forgiveness, but Jesus forgave us. Every conversation needs to be about Jesus. When we come together, I'm telling you, people need more Jesus. They need to know not religion, not church, not pastor. They need to know Jesus and what Jesus can do and what Jesus did. Jesus died for you and I so that we could have life and life more abundantly. This is what it's all about. This is not about us. This is not about me. This is not about Potizal. This is not, a, they're just little things that we do so that we know where we are. But this whole thing is about Jesus. When we will share Jesus one with another, the Bible says, didn't our hearts burn within us? Maybe there's some people right now, your heart is going cold. You feel discouraged. Sin is lying to you. You need someone to come alongside of you and just share what Jesus has done. And you will be stirred up once again. When he says that word stir up, it means to provoke, that you provoke people. If you're uh, someone who grew up with siblings, you've got brothers and sisters, and you know, one day they would do something and they'd poke you, don't poke me, poke me, don't poke me, poke me, and you poke, and you slap me in the face, and they start crying, ah! and then you get the blame, innit? 
Why did you slap your brother in the face? And what would we say? He provoked me. What you're saying is, I wouldn't have done it unless they did what they did. You know what the Bible is saying? People won't love God unless we provoke them to. People won't do good deeds unless we provoke one another to do them. That word stir up is the word provoke. Who are you provoking? Who are you stirring up? Who are you encouraging? Listen, we need it. Church, we need this. There is a, a model of ministry which is, well, let me just say this like this. I was speaking to Brother James yesterday. We were sorting out the design calendar and we doing some stuff and we were talking about organization and structure. And a lot of people were having this conversation with and I was saying, when the church was about 40 people, it was almost like the optimum for my own personality. The optimum, meaning the, kind of the best because it's like I knew everybody. I knew, when it was 40, I knew everybody. And I, listen, I like to know everybody. And we, we could all go to everybody's house. We could just say, let's have a fellowship. We all just cram into their houses. Oh, look, next week we'll have that. And it, the, the church is 40 people. I knew everybody, and everybody knew me. Plus, I kind of talked to you. Yeah, just, just talk anytime, man. Call me anytime. And it was, four, and, and, and it felt like a family. You, you could speak to some of those people. When it was small like that, it felt like a family. But how many know the church is not just meant to be this little happy click family? The church is on mission. The church is, has a mission. The mission is to change lives. The mission is to change this neighborhood. The mission is to change this nation. And the mission is to change the world. That's our mission. So it's no good as holding on to a model where everybody could talk to pastor and everybody could get pastor and pastor could go to everything. We can't hold on to that model. We've got to all let go of that model, become a bit uncomfortable and say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to encourage one another. Someone's not in church, hey, I'm going to give them a call. And if they call you, then the church has called you. See, just because me and my wife don't visit you, it don't mean the church has, doesn't love you. Listen, if Brother Roger comes and chats with you and takes you out, the church has took you out. If Pastor Brandon gives you a text, then the church has given you a text. If Anthony and Nadine have come round and taken you out, then the church has taken you out. Oh, no, 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 it's got to be, we can't. We've got to let go and say, no, 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 we're on mission now. See, the danger is in Hebrews 10.25, it says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. It says, don't stop coming to church. As the manner of some, you're going to find some people that are going to stop coming to church. They're going to leave church. And they say, I'm not deeming anybody that leaves church. I just said, if this ain't for you, you've got to go. But he says, listen, you got to be careful. He says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some do. But he says, but exalting one another. That's the same word, encouraging. Exalting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. 
Some of you may be sitting here and you're thinking, when I was new, I needed encouragement, but I don't need it anymore. But this text actually flies in the face of that because look what it says now. It says, encourage one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. What it's saying is, is that the longer time goes on in your salvation, you need more encouragement. Christian, if you've been saved five years, you need more encouragement than when you got saved. You need more encouragement. And if you've been saved 10 years, you need even more encouragement. He says, all the more as you see the day approaching. As you see the day approaching, whether that's the day Christ returns, or whether that's because the world is getting a darker place and it's becoming less Christ-like, or whether that is my death, I'm getting closer to the grave. I need to finish my race. How many know we need to finish our race? He says, as you see the day approaching, as you see the day approaching, you need more encouragement, not less. I want to show you a video. Can we show this video? It's very short. This is Brother Kyle. You see him coming there, look. This is the end. Look how slow he's going, man. Cole, come on! Cole, come on! Come on! That's the end of the race, almost. He sent me that picture, and I was like, what, what was you feeling? And he said this. Everything in his body wants to give up. He's coming to the end of the race, and he's, you could just see, he just, <laughs> you know, I mean, you see, God, yeah, what's up, bro? What's up? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> everything is coming, he says, everything in his body wants to quit. Everything is hurting. He's coming around that corner, and, he's, and he hears his friend say, Come on, Carl. Come on. And he says, when he heard that, and he saw someone supporting him, encouraging him, he says, it's like energy. Come back. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do Listen, near the end of your race. We need people on the sideline. That will say, listen, come on, Courtney. Don't give up. Yes, you got saved in 1996. Don't give up. Yes, you got ordained as the pastor, 2007. But don't give up. And when you and I will encourage one another, that strength. Listen, listen, church. Running the, running the marathon is a good thing. It's a nice thing. But I mean, it's just a, there's cars. I don't need to run 20 miles. Uh, yeah, you did it, but there's, there's buses, there's cars, there's even horses. I don't need to, I don't need to run anymore. But listen, you want to do it, do it. It's a good thing. But I want to tell you, me and you are running a race. Oh, me and you're running a race, and this race is longer than a marathon. This race is longer. I, listen, I've been running this race for 25 years. 
This race is harder than any marathon because you've got the devil against you. You've got the world against you. You've got demons and strategies against you coming at it. Imagine running a marathon and people are trying to trip you up and fight you. That's what we're doing. We're like, whoa, hey, hey, whoa. I mean, that's what we are going through. If people need people to encourage them in a race that takes a few hours, how much more us who have to run a race for 80 years or 70 years, we need encouragement, church. We need people to come alongside us and encourage us and let us know, listen, keep going. Keep going. Don't give up. Jesus is on your side. Some of you have fallen over, slipped over, carp yourself. You're lying on the ground. It's like you're going to bleed out. It would be wicked for us to do. Hey, <laughs> hey let's bring you up. Okay, who's got the plug? Hey, come on, let's go. We'll stay with you for a while. Let's get you going. Let's get you going. Let's get you back on your feet again. Let's get you back on your feet again. How many know if we saw people in the marathon fall over and we was kicking them? That would be on the news. You get arrested. But the church do that sometimes. That's what the church does. People fall over and we're kicking them. Yeah, he's stupid. Didn't you see that? And then, oh, praise God. How you doing, Pastor? Can I be in ministry? I want to get sent out. No, 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 you need to get sent down. Not sent out. The Bible says that Jesus, he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. He says, listen, this is, a, this is the anointing, man. He says, listen, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I've come to, buy, I've come to, to, to help wounds. I've come to pick people up. We need to be on the sidelines telling people you can make it. Don't give up. You can make it. Jesus is on your side. Listen, as time goes on, the church you're in is going to become more and more important. See, I'm, I'm older than most of you here. I've been saved longer than most of you here. And I realize, yeah, maybe I've experienced some success in ministry or work or whatever but I'm telling you without friends it's a lonely thing what I value is friends and friendship and people that are still with me you know Pastor Jay he, he's been my friend for many many years and he, he's moved back to London he lives not far from me we go to gym now in the morning together he needs to get to the gym I'm like bro man I'm, listen you gotta get in the gym bruv you go get in the gym. I was like, listen, come, we're going to start meeting up at the gym. And it's inconvenience for me a little bit. But I'm like, no, I've got to help my mate out. Come on, let's go to the gym together. And we've been going for two weeks now. Let's just go. Let's get on this thing. And you see people. See, because even those of you here, most of you are starting new families. Most of you are just married, starting new families. You've got your kids. And your life is all about, the, you know, I understand your life is about your kids and your marriage and your job and all of those things. But if you do, if you do your job well, those kids are going to grow up and they're going to leave home. And some of those kids, they're going to move to other locations. And you might only see them once or twice a year because they're going to get married and start their own families. And you're going to see these people more than you see your own kids. 
You're going to see these people more than your own kids. Pastor Jay was telling me that his dad was going to church. His dad is obviously an elderly man. And he had some sort of health incident where he just collapsed. And Pastor Jay said, you know what it was? Pastor Jay's here. His dad's in, Pastor Jay's dad lives in uh, Montego Bay, Jamaica. And he said, it's the church that goes around there. It's the church that's helping him. It's the church that takes him to the hospital. It's the church that brings him home. It's the people in the church that are bringing food around. It's the people in the church doing that because his son, one son lives in Japan, another son lives here. And as the time goes on, it's going to be the church and the relationships that we've built and the ability to encourage one another that really is going to say we are a community like Christ. But you've got to be faithful here. It says don't forsake the assembly. Pastor Carnegie told us a story one time when he was in Jamaica. He, he started the church in Kingston, Jamaica. And there was a guy, and he had like one eye that was working and one eye that weren't working. And he'd come to church. And one day on his, on his way to church, and you know, in Jamaica it could be roughneck, but especially back in the days. This is like in the 80s. And so this guy fell down a ditch. Fell down a ditch, rolled over. and just I don't know if he got stuck or passed out or whatever. So he, this guy was faithful to church. Every single service, every single hour, he's faithful. And Pastor Carnegie, he didn't turn up. And Pastor Carnegie said, there's something wrong. And they, couldn't, they went to his house, they couldn't find him. They said, okay, he, he, he could only be, something must have happened on the way to church. And they followed him and they found him in the ditch. And Pastor Carnegie used to always tell us, it was only because he was faithful that we knew something was wrong. See, some of you, if you're not faithful, we won't know nothing's wrong. Some of you, you're not faithful, and then we don't know nothing's wrong. Let's go back to the text. I'm going to finish with this. Hebrews 3.13. Hebrews 3.13. But exalt one another. Let's bring it into modern language. But encourage one another daily. Do you know what that means in the Greek? Daily. I know it's revelatory, isn't it? Daily. We understand about daily prayer. We understand about reading our Bibles daily. Have we embraced encouraging people daily? And then it says, while it is called today. You know what he's saying? Do it today. Maybe you forgot in the morning, but it's still, there's still time. Do it today. Maybe there's someone who's not here right now. Maybe after the service, not now. Don't text nobody now. After the service, text, hey, didn't see you. Hope you're well. Give someone a call. Maybe visit somebody. Encourage them. Send them a text. Encourage them. Consider where they're at. What, what's going on? The Bible says if, if the church does this, it says that church will defeat sin, will defeat the world, and defeat Satan. And that church will grow and do great things for God. We're a good church. There's a lot of this already happening. But we've got to do it every day. How many are with me? Amen. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you've been blessed, edified, and challenged by the sermon to reach the lost and make disciples. For more information on what we do and who we are, visit us at phcwandsworth.co.uk